Glad to have everybody here today. If you are visiting with us again, thank you for being with us. Um, I am working toward a new series, which is going to be on the Holy Spirit. In two weeks, we'll start that. But in the meantime, I needed to fill a couple of gaps this week and next week. And this week, I want to look at the Tower of Babel. So if you've got your Bibles, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. And we'll be starting there. But I do have a question for everybody that I want us to start with. And the question is this. Is there any hope for the human condition? Is there any hope for the human condition? Let me just ask you, when you watch the news, if you watch the news, are you just thrilled by what's on there? Are you happy about what's on there? It seems like every time, every time a, it doesn't matter which news station you watch, let's just talk a local, it doesn't matter. It always starts out with what? A murder I can find somewhere. I mean, it does. Wherever it is, wherever it may be, and it doesn't have to be in town. If, it's not, if there's not one in town, we'll find one somewhere else because that's how we start a newscast to get your attention. And at the end, the last two minutes are what? It's the feel-good story, right? It's the one that goes, oh, I'm going to come back because I love this. This is so good. But we miss all that other stuff in between. And I look, I look around at our world, and I look at what I'm seeing out there. And I don't know. Is there hope for the condition of man? And you and I would say what? Yes. Yes, there is hope. There absolutely, absolutely is hope. But that hope is in Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to read. We're going to read. This whole section is just nine verses. We're going to look at the story. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at some problems I have in this story. And then I'm going to throw some points out to you, okay? So let's read the story. Now, the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitmen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. <clears throat> and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And, there is only the, and this is the, only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they prosper will do what they, and nothing that they prosper to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and therefore confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. All right, before we get into our text, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. God, we come before you this morning. 
And I ask that you be with us as we study your word. As we look at this story that is so familiar to us, because we've, <laughs> this is one of those stories that I just remember as a child. The Tower of Babel. And how you came down and confused the language. Lord, there's a lot here. There's lessons that we need to learn. There's lessons that we can be taught as adults that we need to learn. And so open our eyes as we sang just a while ago. Fill our hearts and our minds with your word. May your spirit be in us. May your spirit be upon us as we look at these passages. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you do for us. Continue to bless Lake Homa. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. All right, so here's, here's where we're shooting for. Here's where we're going. Here's where we're trying to head to in this lesson. It is this. It is the preeminence of Christ that in everything, in all this lesson, it's going to hopefully, it's going to draw us back to that Christ is preeminent in all things. Okay? So that's where we're starting. All right, so let me give you Every time I read a scripture and every time we, you ought to read a scripture, you ought to look at that scripture and go, okay, I have a little problem with this. There's some problems that I have in this scripture. And you ought to identify those and go, okay. And the first, the first one is right there in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. These are my problems. These are the things that I, had, I looked at and I go, huh, why is that there? And in Genesis 11, verse 1, it says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. But if you are a careful Bible study reader, you would have noticed that in chapter 10, it says this, in chapter 10, chapter 20, and, uh, verse 20, and verse 31 of chapter 10, it says this, From these the coastland people spread in their lands, each with his own language, by their clans in their nations. Okay, that was a chapter before. That's a chapter that was there. And now you get in chapter 11, it says the whole earth has one language. And you're looking at this and you're going, wait, 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 what? What is, it? what is this happening? Okay, now look at chapter 10 real quick. Just turn over to chapter 10. When you look at chapter 10, what does it start with? What, do you have a pericope? That's a big word that I learned one day when I was 50. Pericope, those little sayings at the top of their, your chapter. What does yours say if you've got any of those? Nations descended from Noah. That's what mine says at the top of chapter 10. If you notice here that that is all the genealogies of Noah. And he goes down and he gets to almost to chapter 11 and we're talking about Shem. Shem. Okay, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, okay? Man, I can't even say all those words, those names. So, but if you look right down in chapter 11, verse 10, who's, who, what are we doing again? You are seeing a story in the middle of a genealogy. And what you're working toward here is you're working toward Abraham. You're working toward his lineage and where he came from because that's where chapter 12 starts. So all of this, and then you have this little dialogue here right in the middle of this genealogy. And so where do you put a little story that you have to tell 
Do you put it at the front? Do you put it at the middle? Do you put it at the end? And the writer said, I'm going to put it right in the middle of this to tell you how we got to Abraham and how this all happened and why we're going, going to have to go to Abraham. Why? Because the world needs someone that's going to be faithful to him. The world's going to need someone to be faithful to him. All right, so look at verse. So that's, that's the language problem. I have one more problem. One more problem. And this is in Genesis chapter 10, verse 32. It's the, the Scripture right above that. It says this. These are the clans of the son of Noah, according to their genealogies. In their nations, and from these the nations spread abroad on the earth after the flood. But what did it just say in, in verse 1? In verse 2? In verse 2. Look at it again. Look at verse 2 again. It's on the screen. Now, the whole earth had one language, the same words, and the people migrated from the east. They found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they settled there. They settled there. Okay, so which one is it? Did they disperse all over the face of the earth, or did they all come out, and did they settle there? And remember, you're in the midst of all of this. You're in the midst of a genealogy, and what God is wanting to, to, to help us understand is what is going on. But I look at that, and I go, oh, wow, that, that's, that's something interesting there. Because from the very beginning, from the very beginning, from the very beginning, God has said, especially after Adam and Eve, even before, He says, I want you, Adam and Eve, I want you to work the garden. I want you to work it and basically expand it. God's call for man has always been to take his image to other people. He's always said, I want you to expand my dominion that I have given you. I want you to expand it to other places. Look at this verse in, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over all the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. This has been God's command since the beginning. You take my message, and you go. You go. You express yourself. You do not settle you do not settle. In chapter 9, verse 1, chapter 9, verse 1, here's what God says to Noah. He God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God's command has always been to fill the earth. So let me ask you a question. Because I feel this way sometimes. Have we settled as a people, as a people of God? Have we settled? Are we okay with just this? Or has God asked of us the same thing that He has asked of every generation since? And that is, go. 
Go. Look at this passage. Matthew. Matthew chapter 28. You know it very well. And Jesus came to them and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I think sometimes we have this idea that I feel this way. Let me put it that way. Sometimes I feel that I am settled, that I settle. And I, and I don't want to be like the Tower of Babel. I don't want to build a city. I don't want to build a tower to God so that our name can be great. We need the message of Jesus Christ and the message of God to go out. And we do that many ways. We do that with our missions. We go, we, 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 what we can't do, we can help others do for us. Yes, absolutely. But here's where it really gets it for me. But how can I do this personally? I know how we can do it corporately. But how can I do this personally? How can I take the message of Jesus Christ and expand it out there. Okay, we had a little fun. Mike had a little fun with the red shirts or the orange shirts. Some of y'all didn't like the orange shirts and want a red shirt. And I know we're talking OU and OSU. It's, it's the underlying thing. I get that. I heard that in all of that. I would like all of you to have a red shirt and wear one. And I think we've got enough for everybody, so... When we have them, get your red shirt. If you, don't, if you have an orange one, don't burn it. Put it in a frame. Right? Okay. So, okay. For, for OSU people, just put it in a frame. Keep it up there. But we have an opportunity to not settle by doing things like the big gift. Some of our men... And I haven't had the opportunity to be there. But some of our men over these past few weeks have been in a house right over here. It's a house that needed a lot of help. The people within that home needed a lot of help. And we found that home just because we were going around looking for a home that was close to us that needed help. And we found this home with a mother, grandmother, and a daughter. Mother, daughter, and a granddaughter. And we spent how many weeks? Four? Five? You guys didn't know well? Six. Spent, I'm sorry, six weeks on a half-acre lot cleaning up that home. The neighbors were ecstatic. No, I'm serious. They were ecstatic. They saw this church helping that family that we did not know, that all we did, all someone did, was go up and knock on the door and said, can we help you? 
That's not settling, people. That's doing exactly what God has asked us to do. That's taking the message of Jesus Christ out there. And we have an opportunity to do that on Saturday as well. And Sunday. Don't forget both days. All right? Okay, now, let me get, in, let me get into some points real quick, okay? Genesis chapter 11, verses 3 through 4. I love this part of this because when God gets here, it's just, uh, it's just awesome. Okay, so here we go. Verse 3. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to come back to this. And they, that, and they had brick for stone and bitmen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city. Come, let us build ourselves a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. Now, I wish I could get in and I wish I could talk to you a little bit about how all this is structured because it's really structured kind of interesting because the first let us is, is, is like the last let us in there, but when God speaks, and then you have these other two that are uh, come like this and the other two that come like this. And it's called a chiasm and it's all throughout the Old Testament. And it really helps you understand and see how everything is kind of put together. But I don't have time for that. And so we'll just go on. All right. So here we go. So the first thing I want you to know is I want you to look at this. Let us make bricks. What did they have? They had something that made them look like, hey, we are self-sufficient. We don't need anybody else. We've got technology now. And that was what the brick and the mortar was. That brick and the mortar was something that gave them the ability to build beyond what they had ever built before. It gave them the ability to just make a city. And so that's what they did. And it was that whole idea of being self-sufficient. We don't need God anymore. We've got everything we need. How many of us do that same thing? How many of us are in that same place as going, you know what? I don't need God. I've got everything I need. And our world does that now. We've got all the technology we need because we can go to Mars and land a rover on Mars and have a little helicopter that goes and takes little pictures. We can even hear the sound of Mars. We are awesome. And we have all this other technology that we carry in our pocket. I added it up one day. I've got an old computer in my office. It's a 512K Mac, Macintosh. It's an Apple computer. Still there in that little box. Anybody remember those? No, you're too young. Okay, so, but I have one in my office. It was 512K. 512K. And I added it up one time how many it would take just for a 16-gig phone which most of ours are going, 16 gig, is that it? That's all you got? That's what I had at the time when I added it up. And it was over $3 million it would take to buy that many computers because each one of those computers cost $2,500 back in 1980-some-odd. Each one of those with 512K. And we thought we had arrived. We thought we had arrived. But now we look back on those days and we go, oh, now we've arrived. And now we have more power within our watches than we did in the computer that sent the first man to the moon. 
and we are self-sustaining, why do we need God? And here's a struggle that you see that all of us have because all of us, this is us. All of us say, I don't need God. Many of us are like that. Why do I need Him? I don't need Him. I don't need God. Okay, so let's go on. Then he said, come let us build ourselves a city, which corresponds to, which corresponds to, lest, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. Okay? So it kind of corresponds to those two. Let's go build a city because we want the security of being together because we don't want anyone to come after us or get to us. So we're going to build this city and be secure because what did you do when you built the city back then? What did you build first? You built the walls. You built the walls around you so that you would be safe. And if we can just do that, if we can just build this city and keep us all safe, and how many of us, this is our sin, that we want to remain safe? We want to remain okay. I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to struggle with life. We want to be safe. Which brings us to the next point. The next point is this. And then come let us build a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. A name for ourselves. How many of us like, okay, let me put it this way. In some form or another, every single one of us had this sin that we want to be liked comes in different ways. But most of us want to be liked or appreciated by others. That we want that for us. And that's a sin that many of us have in our lives that we live by that. That I want to be looked at well. I want to make a name for myself. And I'm not on this venue, but Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. How many of us want to be famous by being a social media influencer? Some of you are going, nah, not me. No, but we want to kind of do that in some other ways, right? And there's that idea of, I want to be someone. I want to be great. And so they built a tower. We tried to build other things in our life, but they built a tower all the way to the heavens. All the way to the heavens. And I love, I love what it says next, because this is the last letter. This is the last, I love this, Here, verse 5 and 6. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. Now, did God have to do that? Come on. No. He didn't have to go. He probably came down and went, Oh, aren't they cute? Oh, this is holy irony, holy scorn. This is what that verse is right there. It's actually saying, looking at you and God going, Oh, hmm. Boy, they think they're awesome, don't they? And God says this. It's not, it's not going to be on the screen. I love Psalm 72, verse 19. 
Blessed be His glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing they propose to do will be impossible to them. And so God confuses their language. And that's the last let us. You have the let us up here, and then God says, let us confuse their language. And he confuses their language. And the question is, why? Why? Why would God confuse their language? Why would he do that? It seems like it would just be so easy for us if we could just talk to one another. I think it was a safety thing. I think it was something that would, that would protect his people. And he, he actually did that because he knew if evil can get organized, it could take over. And so God makes it difficult for people to actually understand one another. But that's also a gift that he has given to us as well. He has given us the gift of language. Because if I go into a different, like Davis was talking about, if I go into a different country to teach English to a different place, what am I having to do? This language is a gift because it teaches me that I've got to go into their culture, I've got to go into their space, and I've got to get to know them. And I've got to understand them. And I've got to learn them. And I've got to learn their language and their customs and their abilities and whatever. And I can just tell you that even happens here in the United States. When Deborah and I moved from here to Nashville, Tennessee, we had a new language that we had to learn. I'm serious. And it's not like it wasn't English. It was English. That was fine. But there were things that they were saying that I was like, I don't understand. I don't get those phrases. I don't understand what you're doing. And it took us seven years, and we still didn't figure it all out. But, but you understand that you have to delve into those times and actually look at that and actually have those opportunities to do that. And so while it's also a protection for us, it's also a gift to us. These languages are a gift to us. It's the language of husband and wife, right? It's the language of people getting to know one another. Verse 7 and 8, Come, let us go down and confuse the language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth, and they left off building the building. And here's the second time that God says this, in chapter 11, verse 9, therefore, or this, therefore its name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the, all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. It's the second time he said that. He said it just in the verse before, and he says it again. I am going to disperse everybody on the face of the earth. Why is he doing that? He is doing that so His glory can be manifest over all the earth. All the earth. And that's our role as well. Our role is not to settle. Our role is to go. Our role is not to be here, but to be out there. That's our role. 
And we need to find ways in our lives where we are not settling on, I love my life, I like this, I like my little box, I like everywhere I am, I'm okay with that. And just say, I will go where God leads me. And ask Him to help you. Move out. I love this. I'm going to close with this verse. From Revelation, this is the one that Gilly read. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. Talking about Jesus. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a what? You have made them a what? A kingdom and priest. A kingdom and priest. And they shall reign on the earth. We are a kingdom of people that takes the land. We are a kingdom of priests that takes the message of God, the words that were spoken to the priests. And, and as he's taught that to the people, we are to do the same thing. We are a kingdom and we are priests. And as that kingdom and as that priest, we have a role as a church. And that church is to expand his glory in this place. Oh, brothers and sisters, please do not settle, but move. Let's stand and sing.